five weeks in June on Wednesday nights. We're going to do School of the Spirit, and uh, we're going to do it right in this room. And uh, um, I'm even going to have a, a one or two special speakers just because you guys always hear from me and everything. But we're going to do School of the Spirit. I'd love for you to just take June. Come here on Wednesday nights and School of the Spirit. We're going to talk about hearing God's voice. We're going to talk about uh, the prophetic. We're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit that, that's available to all believers. All kinds of things. We're going to try to fit what I, uh, I wrote this material for a whole year. And we're going to try to fit, like find the best of the best for five weeks. So come for five weeks on Wednesday nights. Uh, so I'm saying that to tell you, I, I believe in the prophetic. I believe that there are prophets. I believe words of knowledge, words of wisdom. Uh, I mean, that, that's amazing. I love it. But sometimes we treat those as crutches. Like, I, I can, I'm only going to hear God through a, a, a pastor. Or I'm only going to hear God through a prophet. Or, or somebody else can hear God for me. Or, and the cool thing is, because Jesus is my prophet, I can hear God without you. On my own. That's cool. That's good news. That means you could be in your bedroom, you could be in your car, you could be wherever you're at, and you have the ability to hear God. Big deal. Big deal. Um, uh, especially under this new covenant. Jer- covenant. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse, verse 34 says, No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. Now, some of you may think that you're the least. You're not, but you may think you are. And the good news is that, you're, that if you're a believer, your sins are forgiven and you get to know God. <laughs> That's beautiful. So, I, I mean, I believe in wise counsel. I believe in the confirmation, uh, you know, in his word as I'm reading, and, I, and, I, and so the word of God gets confirmed. I believe in the confirmation of multiple witnesses, and, as, and the Lord speaking something to me. In fact, the prophetic is supposed to work like this. The prophetic is supposed to work where someone gets a word of, uh, from the Lord and releases that over a person, and it's supposed to confirm what God's already speaking to that person. That's the way the prophetic, it's supposed to be a confirmation of what God's doing. And so if, if God hasn't spoken it yet, no worries. Just push pause on it. Put it on the back burner. And then wait for God to speak to you. Wait for him to what? Confirm it in his word or confirm it with other witnesses. I love the prophetic, but sometimes we hear the prophetic and we just like take it to the bank and that's it. And, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go sell my house and go to China. And, you know, and even we get these words, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to divorce my spouse. I got a word from God. I guess that's probably not a word from God, right? That's why you have to test the prophetic, right? That's why you have to, you have to learn how to hear from God for yourself. Otherwise, we're running all these places. But Well, some person that called themselves a prophet said I should divorce my spouse and move to China. Like, something was talking. That wasn't Jesus. That wasn't Jesus. So, um, John 10, 27, just to confirm this, says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Isn't that just a beautiful verse? My sheep hear my voice. Let me tell you this. You don't, you don't have a hearing problem. Now, some of you are like, what would you say? <laughs> Harold? You, you don't have a hearing. We're not talking about physical. Spiritually, you don't have a hearing problem. The, the problem isn't hearing. Uh, and, and God doesn't have a speaking problem, right? The problem isn't speaking. It, what we have here, ladies and gentlemen, drum roll please, we have a recognition problem. 
We have a recognition problem. It's not that he's not speaking and it's not that you haven't heard. We, have a, a rec- we sometimes just don't recognize his voice sometimes. There's a, there's a place in, in, in 1 Samuel, right at the beginning of 1 Samuel, there's a story of um, the little boy Samuel. And, and I'm not going to give all the backstory, but little boy Samuel was growing up in the temple and he was sleeping in the temple, and priest Eli was there. And some of you may have heard the story. God speaks to Samuel, and Samuel wakes up and goes into Eli. Yes, what did you say? And he says, go back to bed. I didn't say anything. Right? Samuel goes back to bed, and hello, Samuel. Yes, Eli? I didn't speak. Go back to bed. You know, too much caffeine or the hot wings the night before or whatever it was, indigestion. Goes back to bed, Samuel, this time a little bit deeper, a little bit more uh, Morgan Freeman style. And, and, and this, this takes place, finally, Eli, you know, who uh, was like one crayon short of a, I don't know, box or one fry short of a Happy Meal, I don't know. Finally, he's like, oh, maybe God is speaking to Samuel. So he says, when you go back to bed, Samuel, when you go back to bed, um, I want you, next time you hear that voice, I just want you to just say, speak, Lord, for your servants listening. And, and, and so you found, what did Samuel have? It wasn't that God wasn't speaking, and it wasn't that Samuel didn't hear. There was a recognition problem. Now, Becky and I, we just celebrated our eight-year anniversary. Some of you, that's like, yeah, yeah, good job, Becky. Good job, Becky, for sure. For sure. After everything I say about you from the pulpit. Eight years. I, I really I appreciate that. And, and so, uh, so, so we, just, we celebrate our eight years. For some of you, that's like, man, that's a long time. Or most of you are like, those kids. Those kids. Oh, they'll learn. You know, whatever. I, I, I believe you. I believe you. Uh, but so a, a hypothetical situation. Let me, let me, just, let me, let me just ask. Um, tell me if this, if this is true. Tell me if this happened. Becky calls me. One day, and, and uh, phone rings, and, and uh, she, says, she says, Jonathan? And I say, who is this? Now tell me, did that happen? Anybody? Yeah, did that happen? No, why didn't that happen? Because I know her voice. <laughs> you guys are good. You guys are really good. I know her voice. In fact, um, it's the sweetest voice in the world. You like that? So she knows my voice. I know her voice. Yeah, and, and why do I know her voice? We spend a lot of time together. Man, you guys, you're coming along here. My sheep know my voice is what the Bible says. We don't have a hearing problem. He doesn't have a speaking problem. We have a recognition problem. And the reason why, I'm not shooting this at anybody, but the reason why oftentimes... And it even happens with seasoned Christians. Oftentimes we don't recognize the voices because we haven't spent enough time with him. Right? It, it, it's just simple. It's it just spend more time with him. And I guarantee you, and, and, and this summer you'll come to School of the Spirit and we'll get you all worked out. Okay? Every Wednesday night in June. Did I mention that already? I think I did. Hey, Aria. Shh. All right. So, uh, so recognition problem. Um, this, this is what, you, what we need to know, is that you can come to a place with God, with Holy Spirit, where he can actually come to you and just say, 
hey, and you recognize it as God's voice. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, it is great. Where you, could just, where you could just be going along in your car, you can be going along about your business at work, and Holy Spirit, all he has to say is, hey, and you're like, it was God. I know it was God because you recognize his voice. And so, so point, point number one is, what does it mean that Jesus is my prophet? I can hear God. I can hear God. So number two, what does it mean that Jesus is my priest? I can talk to God. Because Jesus is my priest, I can talk to God. So in the Old Testament, only the priest could approach God. The high priest. Only the high priest could approach God. They could only approach God once a year. And they would offer sacrifices um, twice daily. They would offer uh, a, a morning sacrifice and an evening sacrifice. So the, the evening sacrifice, they would offer that in case like you were driving home from Walmart and the kids are screaming in the back and like uh, and someone cuts you off in traffic and then you can fill in the blank what happens and so there was sin involved and so then there was an evening sacrifice to take care of all of the sin that happened that day there was a morning sacrifice because uh, some anything that would happen any type of sin that would happen that night the, the morning sacrifice, like for instance, you woke up in the middle of the night, you were going to the refrigerator and you stubbed your toe, and then you said something you shouldn't have said, um, then there was a sacrifice for that. So you got morning sacrifices and evening sacrifices, but they couldn't approach, they couldn't come into the, present, the most holy place, into the presence of God. They could only do that once a year. And uh, only priests, only priests, only the high priest could approach God. Because why? They were anointed to approach him. They were, they were the ones anointed, and there was a whole process. We don't have time to, but there was just, there was like a seven-day ritual, and there was all this whole process, and they could go in, and it was just, and, and the garments they wore and all this stuff. But they were the ones anointed to approach God. So, good news, Jesus is our high priest. In fact, Hebrews 7.27, talking about Jesus, who does not need daily as those high priests, to offer up sacrifices first for his own sins, right? That's what the pre- they would have to sacrifice for their own sins first. And then for the people's. For this he did once for all. Maybe you should just repeat that after me. Once for all. Once for all. That's powerful. This he did once for all. When he offered himself up. Once for all. There's no more payments due on your account. Not by him, not by you. If you're a believer, your account is marked, get this, paid in full. Isn't that powerful? If you're a believer, your account is marked paid in full. He's never going to sacrifice himself again. Good news. He's never going to go up on the cross. He's never going to sacrifice. He did it once for all. Once for all, Hebrews 4, verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Here's here's what, what you need to hear. We can come boldly. Because he's my high priest. I can come, I imagine myself like a little kid just running into the throne room and popping up on daddy's lap. It's like nobody else can do this, but because I'm his kid, right? It's like my daughter knows. Which drawer in my desk has all the candy? She walks in like she owns the place. 
with her little wiggle, gets into my drawer and gets candy canes, usually M&Ms, right? Right out of my drawer, you know, because she's my daughter. There's something about Jesus being our high priest and him being our daddy that there's a boldness that comes where I don't have to, like, cower any longer. I mean, there's a, there's a holiness and a reverence to God. We're not, we're not denying that. But there is a relational aspect with God that because he's my priest, He's taking care of that, of that fear aspect, the fear in, in the aspect of, like, I'm going to die. And now I can come boldly, Daddy, and go right into his top drawer and take all the candy I want. I love it. I love it. And so he's my prophet. I can hear God. He's my priest. I can talk to God. I, I love watching my daughter Kaylee learning how to 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 talk to God, learning how to pray. I mean, she's so simple. I mean, I, I hurt my back a while, a while back, and, uh, and she, would, she would just come up to me, Daddy, is your back all better yet? And I'd say, well, you know, it's, it's, it's on its way. And she would just put her little hand in there. Je- in Jesus' name, God, would you heal Daddy's back? Right? I love it. Uh, we're, so there's, there's, right, there's sickness going on in, in the home, and, and, and she's like the first one. In Jesus' name, sickness be healed. I mean, just so simple. Why, why does she do that? Because she knows that Jesus hears her. It's when we get like to this age, right, and, and beyond, some of you, we get, to, <laughs> we get to this age that all of a sudden we're just, we start to question whether or not God hears us. But at that age, it's like, oh, no, God hears us all the time. In fact, I would imagine that there's some of us in this room that we decide, well, I don't want to share that with God. I don't want to tell God about that. Maybe there's shame involved. Maybe there's guilt. I don't want to tell God about that. I don't want to talk to God about that. You know, I don't know what that is, but for some of you, you know, we probably wouldn't mention it in public here. Let me, let me tell you, he already knows. <laughs> he already knows. So just tell him. Just talk to him. You can, because he's your high priest, you can talk to God. All right, you want number three? You're like, man, you're speeding through this. I'm doing this for you. I'm speeding for you, okay? Last one, watch this. What does it mean that he's my king? It means I can walk with God. Because he's my king, I can walk with God. So I can hear God. I can talk to God. And now I can walk with God. He's my prophet, priest, and king. I can walk with God. We all want to walk with God, but sometimes we have these things that get in the way of our walk, right? We've got junk. We've got attitudes. We've got mindsets. We've got all kinds of things that get in our way of our walk. And guess what? I can overcome these things because he's my king. I can overcome these things because he's my king. Watch this in Revelation chapter 17, verse 13. These are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast, these will make war with the Lamb, Jesus, and the Lamb will, what? Overcome them, for He is Lord of Lords. Is it the same verse up here? He is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And those who are with Him are called chosen and faithful. Listen, He's not just the King. He's the King of Kings. That's amazing. He's the king of kings. Um, I want to I share something with you, and I don't, some of you maybe know this, but, but talking about Satan, Satan isn't Jesus' counterpart. 
Satan and, and Jesus aren't opposites. He's not Jesus. And sometimes you get that in, in the world and TV, or maybe you grow up thinking whatever. But they're not. They're not. They're not opposites. They're not counterparts. Um, let me just let me just give you a little bit on this. Um, we are the ones that battle Satan and his minions. We battle them. The Bible says we battle not against flesh and blood in Ephesians 6. We battle. Jesus already battled and won. They're, Jesus and Satan aren't battling anymore. Jesus already battled Satan and won. In fact, the Bible says that he made a public spectacle of him. I, I, I see him like, <laughs> you know, you know, put his foot on him and, you know, made a public spectacle, made a whole scene that everybody knew that Jesus won, made a public spectacle of him, disarmed him, and I love this, there's a verse that says, and, and destroyed his works. Isn't that cool? That Jesus, Jesus won. We're the ones, we fight, we, fight, we battle. Jesus already battled. Jesus, and he, and he, he equips us to battle and he fights within us, but, but Jesus won. Jesus won. Uh, here's another thing. Jesus is the creator. You, you find that in Scripture, that Jesus, that he was intimately a part of creation. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews 1 that, uh, that, that Jesus, that he spoke the world into existence, that he holds all things according to his powerful word. He was like, he was part of, intimately a part of creation. And so he's the, he's the creator. Satan is created. Creator, so they're, they're, they're not counterparts. If Satan had a counterpart, it would be Michael and Gabriel. Do you guys remember Michael and Gabriel, the, the archangels? Those would because they're created angels. Um, here's another thing. Satan is a prince. Satan's a prince. The Bible calls him the prince of, and, and the power of the air. The Bible calls him the prince of darkness. So he's a prince. Um, and even if he was a king, guess what? We know the king of kings. But he's a prince. He's just a prince. He's not even a king. Uh, I want to give you guys, um, I just want to give you an illustration of our king. And uh, so some of you, you might remember a story, um, 2 Samuel chapter 4, it kind of it starts and then, you, and then you read that and then you skip to 2 Samuel chapter 9. And so if you want to go back and look at it a little bit, you can. But I want you to just come with me and imagine this. King David, he's a uh, uh, he wants to bless somebody. He wants to show kindness to somebody that's in um, King Saul's lineage. I wanna, he, he says, I want to bless. I want to show kindness to somebody in the house of Saul. And so King David, he, he, uh, finds, he, he finds some people around him like, who could I show kindness to? Who is still alive? They find a guy named Ziba. Might be a good name um, for those of you that are pregnant or thinking about being pregnant. Finds Ziba, and uh, Ziba comes, and Ziba was the the servant of King Saul, and so Ziba knew um, that there was one person, there was one person left, um, Jonathan's son. So it was Saul. Saul had a son named Jonathan. Jonathan had a son named Mephibosheth. Now let's say that together, Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth. All right? See, it's a it's hard work. It's hard work up here. We could just call him hard word, but we'll, I, I practiced that one. We got it down, Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth, um, he was hiding out. And this is the, when you, when you read in, in 2 Samuel chapter 4, this is what you find. You find that, that King Saul and Jonathan had died in battle. And it was significant because God had said that the kingdom was passing from King Saul to David. 
It wasn't going to, you know, the rightful um, lineage would be Jonathan and then any descendants and all this. But because of, because of King Saul's sin and all this stuff, the, the kingdom now was going to pass to David. So the moment that word came about King Saul and Jonathan dying in battle, well, Mephibosheth was, a, was just a little boy, you know, probably four or five years old. And his babysitter, out of fear, picked him up to run and hide him because, because if there's a new king in town, here's a, a rightful heir, it just made sense that he was going to come and kill Mephibosheth, right? And, and so Mephibosheth it was in the arms of his babysitter, and the babysitter is running, and somewhere along the line tripped and, and dropped Mephibosheth. And the Bible says that Mephibosheth became lame, became lame. He must have broke major bones in his body from the fall. And they didn't have the same uh, uh, science and and, uh, medical experience back then. And so he became lame. Forever, Forever he walked that way. He walked lame. And you just think for the rest of his life, every time someone saw him and asked, how did you become lame? What would he say? David. It was David. I mean, it was, it was his babysitter, but it was David, right? David was going to be king. They're running in fear of David. So he's hiding out, and uh, the story comes back here where David says, is there somebody I could show kindness to? So they bring Mephibosheth to King David, and King David, he he says, he says, hey, I want to give you all of your father and grandfather's land. I want, you to, I want you to have it. And I want you to eat at my table as one of my sons for the rest of your life. And Mephibosheth, he, he, uh, he couldn't believe his ears, for one. And he says this, he says, who am I that you should look upon such a dead dog? That's what Mephibosheth said to King David. In other words, he says, what have I done to deserve this? And we don't have an answer. The Bible doesn't say right there. There's not an answer. King David doesn't reply. But what if King David had replied? I think King David would say to the, to the question, what have I done to deserve this? I think he would probably say, what have you done to deserve this? Nothing. But there was a covenant between your father and me. And what you find out is that King David and his father Jonathan, years before they had made a covenant, that King David, he wasn't king at that point, but he said, I will, I will always treat your descendants with kindness. It's in the Bible. It's a great, it's a great story. A covenant between Mephibosheth's father and him. And so he says, what have you done? Well, nothing. I'm showing you kindness because of the covenant I made with your father. See, I think a lot of us feel that um, the king is mad at us. And so we're in hiding kind of like Mephibosheth, and, and there's this whole inheritance that's due us, and there's all of this stuff that, that, we, get, that we should be able to walk in, but, we're, but because of fear and poverty and all this, we're just, we're just living at this place that we shouldn't be living, and all of a sudden you find that there's this king that wants to show kindness because of a covenant 
A lot of people believe that God made a covenant with us on the cross. It's partially true. But the reality is that God made a covenant with the king on the cross. He made a covenant with Jesus. He made a covenant with the king on the cross. And we get in on it. We get in on this covenant. And because of this covenant between the father and the king, man, this beautiful story. Then Jesus now becomes our prophet so we can hear him. He becomes our priest so we can talk to him. And he becomes our king so we can walk with him. That's it. That's huge. Why is it so important that Jesus is the Christ? Because he's the anointed one. He's anointed to be your prophet, your priest, and your king. Why don't we stand this morning and uh, Pastor Kelly and his team are going to come. And I want you to think about this. Are there areas in your life right now, maybe you've been struggling to talk to God about. You're like, I don't know if I, don't know if I want to talk to God about that. Remember? He already knows. Maybe you need Jesus to be your prophet right now. Are there areas in your life that you need to hear from him? You need a word from God. Maybe there's areas where you need victory. I felt that so strongly this morning in worship. Just a place of freedom, a place of victory. I felt like the king came in during worship. I felt like there were moments where it was just like warfare and the king rode in and just did battle. I think that there's areas maybe where we just need to recognize him as king and he was anointed to be your king. So Lord, right now over this place, we just come before you. Actually, just thank you for fresh anointing this morning. Lord, would you touch every person at the sound of my voice? Lord, people in this room that are struggling in relationship with you, they're struggling to hear you, they're struggling to even talk to you, let alone let you be their king. And this whole series, this whole series is an invitation for a deeper relationship with Jesus. Would you let him talk to you right now? Maybe just say, God, what are you saying to me right now through this message? What are you challenging me to do even this week? We're going to go into a time of worship, just a, one last worship song. And during the song, if any of you need just breakthrough, and maybe you need to get the cobwebs out of your ears so that you can hear better. You can recognize his voice. Maybe... Maybe you need to just get some courage so you can actually say what you need to say to God. There's been guilt and shame surrounding something in your life and you actually just want to just talk to God about it or maybe there's some area of victory and breakthrough. We're just going to be up front. Some of us are going to be up front. We're just going to pray for you. Or you can pray right there in your seat. But can we just let, for these next few moments in this last song, can we just let this be a holy place? Let this be a place where the King comes in and meets our every need. Lord, we just thank you. King of all kings, Lord of all lords, prophet, priest, and king, in Jesus' name. Let's worship him.